Welcome to Ethics, a podcast from the Allegheny College Department of Computer Science, supported by a grant from the Mozilla Foundation. In this series, we interview current students about ethical issues inherent in their work as computer scientists and discover the ways that their technical projects create or respond to real-world ethical issues. In this episode, we talk to Caden Kaczynski, whose project aims to help researchers digest large bodies of research writing in a shorter amount of time. Hi, Caden. Hello. So tell the folks a little bit about what you did and what your project summary is, and maybe give us the title, too. All right. So my project is something that I named Navulation. It's a portmanteau of navigation and constellation. And the reason for this is it is an augmented reading tool that uses graph-based natural language processing in order to model lexical relationships within data. Uh, more simply speaking, and the reason it's called Navulation, is the idea is you take a document and you are viewing it as a constellation of sorts where the stars and constellation are going to be the words and sentences. And we are connecting them using this graph-based natural language processing by using mathematics and statistics in order to reveal underlying relationships. Navulation in turn uses this data and presents it to the reader for analysis. So tell us a little bit about why well, who is the user and why are they using this tool? So the user is anyone who is looking to conduct exploratory or introductory research into pretty much any field that can be researched by just going through documents. The idea is that you are loading these documents in navigation and looking for underlying patterns and relationships. Can you talk a little bit about your term augmented analysis and what that allows the user to do. Right. So the idea is, as I mentioned, it's for preliminary and exploratory research, which is when you're either new to the field or it's your first time hitting some of these concepts, or you are more experienced, but this it's a very specific subfield. So the way augmented analysis or augmented reading comes into this is the first time going through these documents, you can approach this either, as I said, novel or using your pre-existing knowledge of the field but however you do it without any form of assistance is you're going to be looking at the document as is at face value and the idea between or behind augmented reading is that you're going to go in this document and you're going to have the benefits of having some metadata laid out before you or otherwise getting a better idea of what this document is how it's structured what may or may not be important in it. And those things are going to prime you in order to better read and analyze the document, hence augmented reading. So where in the research process does this fit? This fits best when the researcher, regardless of what field, is going to be going through a lot of documents or looking for documents to start researching. So it could be very front-loaded at the start of a research project, it could be when they're looking for more supporting information on confirming a hypothesis, or it could be something more general, such as just trying to get a better idea of what a concept means. So in the process of doing this, because you're introducing a technical texture into what previously might have just been the human process of going through papers, looking at preferatory statements, abstracts, summaries, understanding what kind of goes in the box, what doesn't go in the box, what kinds of ethical concerns does this propose or the research process in general? I think the best way to look at that is to look at what this project solves 
but how other people do it. So this hits something called information overload, which is the idea that there's simply just too much information out there to read and parse. So we need technology to help us with that. And one very common thing that we overlook is search engines. These search engines let us browse all that is available, but it puts in a lot of extra steps in order to help us find that. This can be anything from metadata to business intervention to simply just what is popular. And some of the most obvious ethical implications that come into that are the fact that you need to remain aware that what you are reading, what has been presented to you, is shaped by human understanding. So I think the most immediately obvious is the misuse in that, one, you are not aware that this is shaped by human understanding. You may be taking at face value, oh, this is how these are connected, or this appears to be the relationship, and not remembering that this tool was made by a human, these algorithms were made by mathematics that were devised from humans, and that could lead to, I think most commonly, it's going to lead to some sense of bias, or it's going to lead to general inaccuracy in that you are not properly conducting research in a vacuum and you are not using the tool to assist your reading. You're almost using it to replace your train of thought. So that seems to think a little bit about something that gets close to second party or third party risk. The idea that when you hand it off to folks, you're really asking them to use this in the correct way. Even though as you've gestured toward, the tool has something of an an open-ended quality to it. It's not proposing that you use this a specific research process with it. You can integrate it, it sounds like, into a lot of reading-based research processes. So where does that also take the ethical dimension of the project? The aspect of it that is open is just as valuable as it is a threat. It means that the end users, whether that be developers extending the tool or researchers using the tool, when they put it into their pipeline, they need to be very well aware of how their pipeline works in the first place, how research theory works. And they need to be aware of this because when they insert the tool into their pipeline, it is going to have some kind of consequences, unforeseen or not. And they need to best mitigate the risk of inaccuracy by understanding how this tool is going to fit in their research, what they're using it for, and what they're going to lose by augmenting their reading instead of relying on their own practice. So what kinds of things might they lose by giving the tool more control over the research process if I'm interpreting the the underlying sentiment of what you've just said. I found this in how I defer my research. If I go to more library-based research or I go to a specific database, is that I kind of subconsciously prime myself into looking for certain sources of information or looking for certain kinds of relationships just due to the nature of where I'm looking. And I think that Navulation may do this as well, where it is a graph-based approach. So it is using statistics. And within the document, the best way to look at it, at the metadata from a statistical approach, is by looking at the concepts. And since this is research-based, especially novel, I think a conceptual-based approach to splitting up a document is a good way to go about it. However, there are a lot of things that are going to be in a document that you cannot capture strictly looking at the concepts contained within. And if that is something that your research may need, for example, how you should do something or more abstract theories behind a concept or your research, then simply looking at the nouns, the words, the sentences, or otherwise the ideas in the document, there's going to be 
you're not going to capture the human element, the human relationship between those words, because as it is right now, it's an extractive based approach. These generations are statistic based, therefore they do not have the human understanding of language. So can you describe a little bit about what a user sees when they're doing this new form of augmented analysis slash reading that has to do more with conceptual clustering than it does possibly nuance or or the kinds of relationship making that we normally put on a document while we're reading it? So right now, the way an evaluation works in breaking up these concepts and displaying them is on the back end, the part you don't see, it runs through your documents and puts them into your graph-based algorithm of choice. For the example, I'll be using TextRank, which is keyword analysis. So it's gonna look at your document and it's going to find all of the keywords based on frequency, ranking, and relationship to other keywords. And then it is going to put this on the screen in the form of a matrix, or as for the title, a constellation of sorts, where all of the keywords are linked and visualized with a line to every other keyword depending on its strength and whether or not it was found to have a significant relationship. The user will then be able to click on these keywords within the constellation. And this will in turn bring up all of these sentences that contain this keyword, along with a subentry that has all of the other keywords that these sentences have. And it will also highlight and annotate the original document, highlighting, as I said before, all of the shared keywords as well as your target. So this is the statistical approach strikes me as being kind of part and parcel to one of the big cruxes of the project as I'm understanding your explanation in that, and as you said already, this is a, an analysis of human documents using human means. How does then that approach, we'll just use text rank, the one algorithm you referred to, how does that surface these human problems? Or how do documents just by themselves using this wide augmented reading approach, which looks at them kind of as an aggregate body, but individually as documents to understand sort of where in the documents things, things happen, if the events of the document, if you will, how does that statistical approach surface these human biases or issues? It's a bit difficult to directly relate them. A lot of the understanding of the human element comes from understanding how exactly the statistical approach fits in the research in general. But looking specifically at, at navigation and in the first case where it becomes apparent is that in that it is a statistical-based approach that does not use any outside lexical resources, it is language agnostic. So long as you are able to take these tokens and define them using parts of speech tagging, the same algorithm will work on very nearly any language. So a lot of it is dependent on how the language is structured, which is a very difficult linguistic question. We can look at ancient languages or otherwise fantasy languages that are very conquer or domination themed. And we can look at the fact that there may be 10, a dozen, 15 plus words for advance, but very nearly no words for surrender or retreat. And if we keep this in mind and we look at the approach, then if there are so many different words with very nuanced understandings within a language for that all mean the same concept, then the algorithm may have a very hard time reading that, and it may not show the relationships because it doesn't understand these nuances. It doesn't understand the fine points and cultural backing that goes into this language. Whereas if you were to take that same 
concern, the concern being how many words there are to mean the same concept to another language, the exact same document with the same meaning, but put into another language may manifest a very different analysis, simply because you are going to change what words, what focus there on language on the nuances between ideas. So some of this also seems human-based. For example, I have to have a good research process. I have to be someone who is reading widely. And you already said if you're reading something that's clustered around a, a typical set of sources, I need to be someone who is reading widely in order to reap the best benefit out of this tool. So how would you think about introducing this as part of a well-thought-out well-conducted research process, given that part of this project is you doing the same. When I was designing this tool, I modeled it after undergraduate research, where when I start my own research pipeline, I look at the very broad case of my research, i.e. what subfields do I need to look at, what concepts are going to be important in this research, and then I further subdivide that down into, okay, I've identified the problems, I've identified the sub areas of research, I need to look at how these things connect. So from there, at that point, I think that is where navigation could best be put to use, where you can get ideas from your first level, very general approach, as to what concepts are going to be prevalent, what words, what keywords are going to be useful, pertinent throughout all of your research. And on maybe an external tool, or however you organize your own research, you can sketch those down. And then when you go to review the second layer, the subfields, the documents that are connected, you can look at how your self-noted keywords relate to each other. So when you're determining if you want to further review a document, you can say, oh, I have written down that this research requires this process, and this process has a term, and I see this term here in this document, and it points to my area of concern or what I might see as a potential hypothesis. And using this process iteratively, you can further confirm or deny hypotheses or accept or reject further documents for further analysis. So given that you've spent the better part of a year working on this project, what recommendations or takeaways have you realized over the course of doing this work that you would suggest to other folks who are picking this up and moving it forward? So as we've talked about with the human elements and ethical considerations and difficulties in analysis. One of the biggest things I would advise is to look at the tool and consider how can we integrate multiple different approaches, multiple different algorithms in order to best mitigate the weaknesses of each individual algorithm. And the way the architecture is, is designed such that it is supposed to be extensible. It is supposed to be a modular analysis tool. So the user and the developer, when they're putting together these extensions, should definitely consider using multiple algorithms or more abstract approaches in order to better represent the data and better analyze the data. Well, well thank you for taking the time to talk to us today, Caden. Mm -hmm. That's it for this episode. Follow, rate, and review us on your podcast platform of choice. We'd appreciate it. For more about the Allegheny College Department of Computer Science, head to cs.allegheny.edu. 